everybody, yeah. yeah. Rock your body, yeah. yeah. Everybody, yeah. rock your body, right? Balls, back. the podcast is back. All oh, right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so our last episode, yes, was uh, what happened, Mason? It was a, uh, it was, it was about the World Cup. It was World Cup summary, right? And when yeah. did we release this? Yeah, 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 absolutely. When did we release this? <laughs> we released it on the 6th of September. Right. Bearing in mind the World Cup final happened in July. I felt like we were closer to the next World Cup. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Qualifying's already started for the Euros in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. That's so bad. I do apologise. Put my hands up. It's completely me. I, yeah. I, I just forgot to do it for ages and then I just couldn't do it for ages because of work. And then when I did do it, it's kind of pointless, but... I mean, it's out there now. It's out there. I've been busy as well, but I'm not in charge of like putting it all together. Yeah, yeah. I'm just the voice. <laughs> <laughs> You're the eye candy. I certainly am. You're the ear candy. And the eye candy. Uh, I'm the eye candy. Okay. Full stop. Don't talk about it. If, if That's all we're saying. Okay. <clears throat> Balls! So what's been happening in the world of football since the World Cup then? Blimey. Well, Because <laughs> that's season... as far as I've got. <laughs> <laughs> You're still reliving Putin yeah. with an umbrella. Yeah, love nobody it. else. Yeah, Daddy um, Putin with an brolly. No, he's, he's not Daddy. <laughs> um, the season started. Yes, we bought Pompey tops. We bought Pompey tops and Huddersfield Town tops. Yeah, so we just which is got better. The, well, the Pompey ones. Well, Huddersfield, uh, they were cheaper. Uh, the, yep. the I didn't pay. <laughs> the, the Huddersfield one you got uh, your name and a number on the back and. A sleeve thing. You know the Premier League badges that they put on the sleeve? What's the point? How much was it? Four 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 quid. Four pounds quid? Would you pay four pounds quid for your Huddersfield Town t-shirt to have a Premier League badge on, Mason? I would pay four pounds for my Huddersfield Town t-shirt. Right. Um, No, that's (laughs) that's not how it works, unfortunately. Oh, okay. No, no. I wanted to talk about numbers on t-shirts, like... Okay. Like getting the name on the back and stuff. I think it's pretty cool. Is this your obsession with fonts again? Are you going to. No, no, no. Uh, no, no, no. no, no. I, I like... <laughs> Don't bring up my font fetish. <laughs> Honey, everyone loves a font fetish, right? <laughs> I wanted to like, talk about the, the, the number. Like, right. obviously, your name is on it. You don't really need to think long and hard about what name you're going to put on it. But the number. Right. Okay. I don't know how you get to that number. So you got 21? 21. Okay. 21. So why did you pick 21? So it's my lucky number. Ever since a player called Danny Graham, or David Graham, I can't remember his first name, I apologise. He played for Huddersfield when I was the mascot in the 2005 playoff semi-final away what? at Barnsley. I was on Sky that day. Was you? Yeah, tiny little Connor. There I am holding a football player's hand, walking out onto the pitch with him. Ah, uh, have you got footage? I do, actually. Oh, we need to see that. I've got the video of the Sky actual match. <gasps> I've got the full match and everything. Yes, it's we great. need that. We need that desperately. You see the top of my head. <laughs> and that's about it. <laughs> to be fair, it's a great top of a head. Yes. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> thanks a lot. That's a bit too much information. <laughs> Balls! Okay, but apart from us getting t-shirts, what's happened so far? So, the football season has well and truly begun. Watford 
They seem to be the surprise package of the Premier League season so far. In the Premier League? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> surprise. Um, no, I totally knew. No, you didn't. No. You had no idea whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has happened? Let me have a think. Stoke City have turned out to be a bit rubbish at the moment. Okay. Sorry, Stoke fans, if, if you're listening. So your yeah. highlight from the beginning of the season is Watford are doing great, Stoke are doing rubbish. Man United aren't doing brilliant. No. Pompey are flying. Yeah, as, mate. As well that's, as... that's what I was trying to get right. ahead towards, yeah. Ronan Curtis, look full at, stop. Look at Pompey, mate. Yeah, but look at Peterborough. What about them? Oh, they're flying, literally flying. Yeah, you see them flying over their stadium <laughs> and they all land in a formation. Um, Poof, onto the pitch, go win 5-1 away at Plymouth, which is what they did the other week. I mean, it's exciting how great Pompey are doing. Yes. Um, but we did get some very, very bad news. No, we didn't. Oh, hold on a minute. Right. Is, is this... You've been saying the word daddy a lot about this player. <laughs> no, I haven't. Is this the guy you fancy? It, <laughs> it is, isn't it? No, I don't fancy. What's him. his name? <laughs> In I don't fact, know, I don't know who you're referring to. No, I need to stop you there because <laughs> the other night we was at a, a gathering, shall we say, and you said, okay. "You said, oh, um, I don't get to see my favourite Connor anymore. <laughs> not me. No, I'm not your favourite Connor. Clearly, <laughs> Connor Chaplin, formerly of Portsmouth. You're not going to see him anymore, are you?" I'm a I've look I've always said I'm a big fan of Coventry. No you you've never heard of Coventry before. Yeah, they're up the north, right? No. Oh. They're in the Midlands. Yeah, that's the north. It's not the north. Let's not go over this again. Right. <laughs> Cuz you're always wrong and you always think I'm wrong. I mean you are quite wrong. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Anything above London, the north. It's not. You southerner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm still a bit sad that my guy moved. Who's your guy? Patrick Bamford. Never heard of him. Oh, he's I thought you liked Pritchard. Pritchard and Bamford. Right. You know, if I was, you know, on a night out perhaps and suddenly Pritchard walked in or Bamford, I'd probably cry and embarrass myself quite a lot. And I go I go clubbing in the gay clubs in Leeds. Right. Patrick Bamford, if he was to ever walk in, because now he plays for Leeds. Okay. Unfortunately. If he was to ever walk in. Jeez, jeez. Yeah. Alex Pritchard, who plays for Huddersfield, might also walk in. So why? this could happen. Why would why would Alex walk in? Dunno. Why why not? I'm just living my <laughs> You're gay living fantasy. in a fantasy world. Let me have my fantasy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, jewel up, let's crack on. <laughs> this is a little jingle to fill space between times when we're talking, because otherwise it doesn't make sense. Balls! But happy birthday. We need to say a big happy Thank birthday. You. Not to you. Oh. Your Yours is in February, so we could do that. Later. Later yeah. in the year. Happy birthday. Although, to- by the time this by the time this podcast is edited and put up, it would be my true. birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mason. Merry Christmas. Woo. <laughs> and happy new year. Um, no, we, we need to say a big happy birthday to the football league. Oh, okay. How how old is the football league? One hundred and thirty years old. That's a pretty big number. Yes, quite quite okay. old. Okay. Do you remember it starting? I do remember it starting. <laughs> I remember it very well. A guy called William McGregor, who was... oh, hello. you got facts and everything. Oh yeah. Oh, here we go. He's basically in charge of Aston Villa. He's a Scotsman, or was a Scotsman, right? In sort of the close season after the eighteen eighty seven season. 
they uh, came together, William McGregor and quite a few chairmen of other football teams that were quite big at the time, mainly from the Midlands and the Northwest. They all met, uh, I think they met in Birmingham actually, to decide the fixtures and that's where the Football Association started. Oh, okay. So the FA is 130 yeah. years old. I don't know. Just the league. Just the league. Right. So the fixtures were decided, and away they they began on the 8th of September, 1888. There were only 12 teams that, that season <laughs> in, in the whole football league. That's nicer, isn't it? There's now 92. What? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they expanded just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they started off with uh, Kenny Davenport, famous player he was. Right. Scored the opening goal of the Football League, the first ever... Can you imagine? The first ever goal in the Football League. And 130 years later, they're still playing in the Football League. To be honest, I don't know if it would if it would be that great back then because the Football League was only 12 teams, so it wouldn't have seemed yeah. as big as it is now. Whereas now, looking back, it's like, oh my God, that's the first ever goal in this massive mess of football. Yeah. I mean, there was no promotion or relegation. <laughs> it was just 12 teams. So what happened? Um, Just someone won and... Well, what they had to do, and for many, many years, at least sort of 40, 50 years, they, whoever finished bottom of the league had to reapply. Oh, really? Yeah. If they were successful, they could stay in the league. If they were unsuccessful, another team might come in, take oh. their place, and they'd be resigned to well the non-league. That's where the word non-league comes from comes about that's so harsh not part of the football league and that happened i can't remember when that finished when there was a, f- a promotion a relegation sorry to the to the non-league but that was fairly recently in terms of the football league it was a very interesting league back then okay there were only 72 teams as part of the football league until 1992 okay when the premier league came in and said we want to be better than that so, so they came in and swooped 20 teams and said right we're forming this it's still going to be part of the football league um and so that's that's what happened but yeah the original football league started off with a team that won every single match they were the original invincibles who were they titchfield who <laughs> Never heard of them. Think Northwest. Wolves. Um, no, that's Midlands. <laughs> oh, you got you have a clue. Will Northwest. You? <laughs> you have a clue. Preston North End is the answer. You, okay. They are the Invincibles. There's only two teams that have ever gone a full season unbeaten. Are they still about? Who? Preston North End. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Still going. Preston and Arsenal unbeaten, which is incredible. But yeah, so um, there were two teams that should have started the opening weekend but never did. Right. Uh, Notts County and Blackburn Rovers. If you, if a Notts County fan or a Blackburn Rovers fan ever says to you, yeah, yeah, we have founder members of the Football League. Yeah, they were, but they didn't actually play on the founding weekend of the Football League season. I can't ever imagine myself having a conversation where I would argue <laughs> about a technicality about an opening football match of a, of a league. But, you know, if I do find myself yeah. in that situation, thank you very much You're very, for very welcome. Out. You're very welcome. So who blows out the candles? Uh, well, William McGregor, if he's still kicking around. <laughs> oh, Willie! Fancy coming round? <laughs> Balls! Okay, and also big changes for Women's League, right? Oh, massive. This is this is revolutionary. Manchester United have a women's team again. What? Yes! Again? Again. Did they so, have one before and disbanded? Yeah, it wasn't... It wasn't huge back then. It was... Mm. Um, the women's game wasn't as big as it is now. Like, at the moment, 
Manchester City are the biggest team in women's football. And so Man United have been sort of in the shadows thinking, oh, they're doing really, really well. When can we have a bit of the action? So now is their time. They uh, will start in the Women's Championship, which is the second division as of this season. Okay. So what's the first one called? The Women's Super League. Okay. So uh, it's both leagues have 11 teams. So it's going to be a bit confusing for this first season if you're going to get into this. Um, there won't... I don't think there's going to be relegations this season. It'll sort of happen next season. They want to try and get 12 teams in first and right. then do a relegation. Okay. There might be the odd promotion here and there. <laughs> but uh, we'll just have to see about that first. But um, yeah, so there's going to be some new teams that are taking part in the uh, Women's Super League. Brighton and West Ham United, although West Ham don't get to play on the opening weekend because there's 11 teams. It's odd. So the one team always misses out, which is a shame. But yeah, so the, the women's full-time game, they've got to have a minimum of 16 contact hours per week for each player. Okay, so it's like a proper pro now. Yeah. It's professional. That's cool. I like that. It's a real full-time league. I I, I really want to go see a, a women's football match. We can I, go to one. You know, I think I'd probably be more comfortable yeah. at a women's football match, yeah. Would you take a pride flag? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, I don't have one, but... I've got one. Oh, great news. I'll bring that. I've got a Union Jack flag. You can you can wave that around. Portsmouth has a women's team, don't they? Yeah. So I can, I can go along to that. Yeah. Hmm. Huddersfield Town have a women's team as well. Yeah, you can go along to that. Oh, we're going separate, are we? That's fine. <laughs> if there are any um, any women's football players that listen to this, give us a shout because we'd, we'd love to have a chat to you. You know, I'd love to chat to a, a fan yeah. of w- w- women's football because I've, I've, I've never been engaged in it. So I'd, lo- I'd love to sort of find out more about it. Yeah, I'd love to go to a, a Manchester City women's game because they've got a, a purpose-built stadium. <gasps> Incredible. Next to the Etihad. And we, we must give uh, a big congratulations to Scotland and England. Well, well done, Scotland and England. Woo! Yeah! Why are we doing this? <laughs> they uh, they both qualify for the Women's World Cup <gasps> next year. Ah, oh, cool. And England got to the semi-finals last time, so... Fingers crossed. Oh. Come on, bring on the trophy, women. It's coming home. It's, it's coming home. home. So when do I start on it's this coming. World Cup recap? Uh, Probably in 2020. Hmm? After England have won the uh, the Nations League. What's the Nations League? Um, uh, Balls! We have got Rory from the LGBT... <laughs> that was right, wasn't it? LGBT, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we, are, we, yeah. we do an LGBT podcast and I just said the words LGBT and went, is that right? What's <laughs> <laughs> seven letters again? <gasps> Rory from the BLT... <laughs> <laughs> We have got Rory from the LGBT Fans Project. Hi, Rory. How are you? I'm good. Are you in Portsmouth? Yes. Oh, I, I got it said Portsmouth number and I was like, oh, that's weird. I'm sure Connor was from Huddersfield. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about this LGBT Fans Project then. What are you actually doing? So uh, I work at Southern University um, over the past kind of five or six years. Um, I've worked on a number of research projects examining uh, kind of like the extent of discrimination and, and homophobia in particular in football um, among both players and fans. Um, in that time, what we've noticed is that there's been a, a kind of a decline in homophobic attitudes and an improvement in terms of attitudes towards um, LGBT inclusion in football. Um, what we don't have, however, is any data whatsoever um, which speaks directly with the LGBT community. And so this is the first um, 
you know, kind of project which focuses on LGBT fans' experiences, or at least the first academic project that focuses on LGBT fans' experiences. Um, and yeah, so this will be the first uh, project in academic literature which focuses on on that subject. How easy is it to collect that data? Because everyone's experiences uh, in football, whether they are of the LGBT plus community or just a, a straight person or whatever, um, everyone's experience is completely different. How does that sort of translate into data? Good question. Um, so that's part of the reason why we want to speak to as many LGBT fans as possible. Um, I should note also at this point that we are funded by the American Institute of Bisexuality, AIB. Um, and we have funding to speak to uh, about 100 LGBT fans. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're trying to get um, as many different perspectives as possible. Um, 100 fans, 100 interviews is, 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 is quite a lot for, for an academic project. Um, and obviously that kind of speaks to the fact that as you as you say, you know, LGBT fans' experiences are are you know very very different. And in the we've done exactly 25 uh, interviews so far, so we're 25% of the way there in terms of data collection. And I'm one um, of them. In, and you're one of them, of course, Connor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you're one of the early ones. Um, and in those interviews that we've done so far, we've um, you know we've got a range of different perspectives and a range of different experiences um, of LGBT fans' experiences. Um, and so, um, you know, that, that it, it's challenging to get as um, as many different perspectives as possible, um, especially as you know, as you uh, as you noted, you know, everybody's experiences can be so different, um, and that's why we're focusing on um, speaking to as many fans as possible. Has there been sort of uh, one clear thing that's sticking out to you so far? Um, there have been a few themes that have kind of emerged. Um, I'll main the, the main two that stand out are. Um, almost unanimously, uh, there's been an acknowledgement of improvements in the football industry. Um, that has kind of paralleled other research that um, both um, that I've done both myself and that others have done. Um, Jamie Cleland in particular is, is somebody who's worked an awful lot in this area. Um, and so uh, that's one of the, the kind of trends that's emerged. Um, LGBT fans are acknowledging that, you know, there has been a significant improvement in terms attitudes in terms of environment um, but also being very very cautious in noting that whilst there have been improvements there's still an awful uh, an, an awfully long way to go um, in order to ensure a, you know a living a level playing field um, the other kind of overarching theme which stands out so far is that um, many fans further being failed by the FA uh, in that they have kind of acknowledged that the FA have a difficult job because of course they have to um, you know, ensure that football is, a, is an environment, is a, a, an industry which is open to all. But at the same time, they've also acknowledged that they feel they've been let down by the FA in terms of, you know, a lack of policy, a lack of, um, or a lack of uh, publicity, I should say, of their policy, a lack of general feeling that the, that the FA have been um, and are being inclusive and supportive of LGBT inclusion in football. So those are kind of the main two themes that ha that are um that the you know the kind of apparent so far in the, the interviews that we've done. Um I just want to know like what made you get into doing this because <laughs> it must have been something that sparked off the thought of do you know what I want to actually find out like how much homophobia is in football. Yeah, good question. It's it's one I get asked an awful lot um because as a straight guy a lot of people say to me 
well, when I first met my PhD supervisor, he said to me, um, you know, you're a straight guy, you're going to be doing research on homophobia in football. First of all, you're going to be assumed um, that because you're doing research in this area, people are going to assume that you're gay. Does that bother you? And of course, the answer was no. And I speak to you right now wearing a bright pink T-shirt. Um, and, <laughs> yes, you know, not that stereotypes are dead or anything like that. <laughs> um, but um, part of the, my main kind of... Um, I guess the interest was sparked when I, I kept hearing claims that football is, football is this really homophobic environment. Um, and at the time I was doing my master's degree at Loughborough, um, we didn't have any or, or virtually no literature whatsoever on um, homophobia in football. And I was like, I'm sick of hearing how football is really homophobic without there being any kind of empirical data to back this up whatsoever. Um, and so um, that led me to, to first write my master's thesis on this area. And then I kind of developed from there and, uh, and wrote my PhD on it. And I've been working in the field now um, for, uh, what are we, 2018, for seven years now. Um, and so I've kind of built up a research profile in this area. And so mainly it was um, to do with a, um, uh, you know, critiquing, challenging assumptions that may not necessarily be the case. And of course, the research has proved that, that you know, often the perception that football is a home, you know, an uber homophobic environment is quite wide of the mark. Um, but also, um, you know, also a, um, a kind of a personal interest because I go to football every single week and, you know, it's, it's a subject which is very close to home. So those are the kind of reasons as to, to why I kind of got into the area. And of course, I got into to doing this project because I realised that in the research that we've done so far, we have um, not spoken in the academic community, at least with LGBT fans directly. And so that's kind of what led me to, to, to go into this subject area. I think I'm probably one of the people that you hate because I, I, I'm very new to the world of football and, and before I just thought it's this homophobic, boisterous thing that is yeah. just not going to be fun f for me to go to and going to it. Although I've only been to three games um, and, and, and every single one there has been a small, like a small thing but it was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's, it hasn't mm. been sort of a, oh my God, I can't cope. It's been a sort of eye roll kind of moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the environment which football is, and you know, we've made great strides in the football industry in the past kind of 10 to 15 years in terms of diversity. In terms of things just like fans, um, you know, the, the Premier League now, um, Premier League fans are now, I think it's 33%. I think it was one third um, are made up of female fans. We're seeing an increase of um, ethnically, ethnically diverse fans as well. But even despite that, football still has this kind of ma macho masculine subculture. And often it's that that's conflated with homophobia. Um, often kind of masculine, ma uh, masculine macho stereotypes don't necessarily equate to homophobia. And so I think that um, that's part of the reason why football still has this image. Um, granted, of course, there are certain things that football has failed on. Um, you know, in terms of inclusion. Um, but a lot of the time, the, the kind of perceptions around football are that macho slash masculine subculture or culture equals homophobia. Well, actually, it's a lot more nuanced than that. It's a much more complex environment. And part of that research, you're talking to these LGBT people, but do you, is it important as well to talk to, say, those macho guys at the football as well of what they think about the whole situation? Is it, is it a bigger conversation for everyone? Absolutely. Some of the research I've already done has been with those um, with those guys in that very subculture. Um, and, you know, it's it's exactly what one wouldn't expect if one were to, to draw on stereotypes. Um, you know, uh, I've done interviews with with fans who have got, you know, 
their, their club crest tattoo right down their arm. You know, the kind of guys who watch the match with their shirt off and all that kind of thing. These are the kind of guys that one might expect, and I say that inverted commas, expect to be homophobic. But actually, you know, they come across as being um, maybe part of a macho subculture and they sing and they chant and they do everything during the 90 minutes to get behind the team. Um, and then when you speak to them about, you know, their gay friendliness, they're the most gay friendly people you'll ever, you'll ever meet. Um, and I spoke to somebody who uh, went to Russia for the World Cup uh, last week. I spoke to them last week um, and they would, they would t- talk to me about how they put up in the stadium. They've been to England games. They put up in the stadium an England flag with a, um, a St. George's flag with the pride flag on it. Um, and uh, the person said to me, uh, <laughs> as, she, as they were putting it up, um, a big, I think it was Newcastle United. I could have made, made that up. Big Newcastle United guy came up to a you know, big bloke, big muscles and everything. Uh, and, you know, it's a bit uneasy for a second. And then he said, oh, my daughter is a lesbian. Um, let, me, let me help you put the flag up. And it was, again, you know, the completely different um, kind of expectation, you know, completely different to what we might expect. And so that some of the research has been done with that culture, you know, with the, the kind of lad, the mm-hmm. lad environment, the lad culture of people. Um, and again, different to what we might expect is what I would say about, about those people. Definitely. Um, so if, if you want to uh, be interviewed by Rory for this research, um, I believe you just get in touch with yourself on LGBT fan survey. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, just LGBT fans. So on Twitter, um, at LGBT fans project, um, or send us an email, LGBT fans at gmail.com. Um, or you can get us on Facebook as well um, on LGBT fans project. That's our kind of tagline. Um so, yeah, you can get in touch with us that way. Um, and, you know, don't be a stranger. Please feel free to come and talk to us about your experiences. Um, we're trying to speak to as many fans as possible. And so, you know, this is kind of fans' opportunity to, to have their say on their experiences and, and their perceptions and their feelings, etc. So please do get in touch. And what's the ideal outcome of this? Uh, so um, we are funded by um, an, an academic organisation. And so first and foremost... Um, you know, we have expectations that this research will be published in the academic world in numerous different formats. Um, but also the, the legacy of the research, the, the kind of impact of the research is that we will try and speak to Pride in Football, who have been great in their support with us so far. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, we'll try and speak to them a little bit about our findings. There's also some early discussions that I've had with the the team, and there's a team of four of us at the moment, um, who I should give a shout out to in a moment. Um, There's been discussion that we might try and speak to the FA about some of that research, potentially, um, and maybe some other kind of governing bodies and and key organisations as well, um, just to, to, to maybe kind of give a bit more information about what expands experiences are. Often we rely on surveys whose data is quite flawed, um, and so we're trying to offer the first kind of impartial, not the first, we're trying to offer an impartial study, uh, a partial in-depth study. Uh, and that's part of the reason that we're employing interviews as part of this project as well, um, so that we can speak to people directly, as opposed to, say, an online survey where you can't get to people's thoughts and feelings in, in great detail. And so uh, that's the kind of impact that we're hoping for. You know, we're hoping to speak to some of the key stakeholders in the game. Um, and also there's uh, hope that, that some of that research will be published in um, article and book format as well. Um, I should also say that um, people who take part, people who, um, people who take part in an interview 
Um, it takes no more than an hour. And we'll also give you a, uh, we'll send you a £10 voucher for taking part as well. Which I've still not spent. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say it's still not arrived and that was going to worry me. But I'm glad <laughs> you said it's still not spent. Um, and if you don't mind, I'll just give a, a shout out. I said I was going to mention the, the names of the other people mm-hmm. on the project. So I'm the project lead. Um, also involved Peter Stott, who's my research assistant. And then I've got two other um, uh, of our students at Sony University who are involved as well. So Joseph Boudicif is one of them and Mono Nakamura is the other. Um, and, you know, we're, we're just about getting, you know, we're just getting started as a team. Um, and so the, the, the project is made up of four of us. Thank you yeah. for coming on the podcast. Okay, my absolute pleasure. I um, hope everything goes well with it. And uh, yeah, stay in touch. Obviously, you know, if, you, if and when you, you get around to making more of them, we can obviously do like, updates further down the line. Yeah. Um, we've just hit 25% of our scheduled participants. So maybe uh, when we get a bit further along, you know, give us a shout and we can, you know, give you an update, as it were. Will do, absolutely. Can I just ask you to do one more small thing? Uh, we uh, get people to just say the word balls. Can you, Ball, just, yeah, sure. can you just say that a few times for us so we can pop that in How this podcast? How many times podcast. do you want me to say it? Um, just like th- two or three times. Two or three times. Okay. Balls. Balls. There you go. That's fab. Thank you very much. And <laughs> how daft that is. That, that is not something I thought I was going to be doing. <laughs> 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 so being the super football lad that I am Lads 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 it I set up a fantasy football league You did Which is quite I cool <laughs> So uh, you can you can join Yeah uh, The Well no you already have I'm, I have I'm, Yeah right okay. I'm talking to the list You you can join our, fa- our Balls the Podcast Fantasy Football League Which I think is pretty cool um, so all you need to do is go uh, go on to Fantasy Football, make your team, and then you can join our league by putting in like a number. Yes. What is that number? So the number is quite long. Okay. So get, get a pen and pencil. <laughs> yeah. A pen and pencil. Yeah, just in case. You never know. Your pen might run do you out. Need, do you need paper with this? No. <laughs> just your hand. <laughs> so the number's pretty long, so you're going to need to pay attention. 51653 Six nine zero. It's like you're reading out the lottery results. I isn't know. It? Who does it now? I had no idea. Is it the, the... Guinevere? <laughs> That's the name <laughs> of the machine. <laughs> Who's called Guinevere? <laughs> the national lottery. <laughs> so so far we have an embarrassing five people in our league. Right. Um, we could do better. Yeah, we can. And it would be more exciting with more people there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I th- I think so. I think we could. I think. Basically, I'm being a bit cocky at the moment and you're fed up of it, right? Yeah. Because... Where am I in the league? Go on. So, uh, should we go from top to bottom? No, let's go from bottom to top. Okay, so... I like being bottom. Uh, joining us at the next round uh, will be AFC Insert Pun. Right. Okay. Uh, number four is Condorks FC, which is... Is that me? That's you. That's me. Condorks FC. Uh, Compton FC at three. Bastille FC at two. And in first place... May City. Oh, is that you? That's me, mate. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I've got 225 points so far. You've got 148. Now, i tell you why. I've not downloaded the app. Right. And I really should because Kevin De Bruyne is injured at the moment, but I've <laughs> just kept him in my squad. You know, there's a space there going. It's like I've got 10 men. 
<laughs> every week. <laughs> yeah, but I, how is that my fault? How is that my uh, it's problem? It's entirely my fault, but I'm not last, so that's fine. You are last. The other one's not on the table yet. What? How's that work? I know, right? Oh. But if you want to, if you want to join the league, please, uh, please, please do that. Num- that number uh, will post on our Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and stuff, so you can find it. Please try and beat Mason. Please. No I- one's gonna knock me off the top. I would not love nothing better than for someone to beat you. It won't happen. I'm too knowledgeable about football. Right, okay. I mean, this is embarrassing because I'm the knowledgeable one out of us two and I'm I'm bottom of the league. But, you know, join with that number, please. Yeah, there's always got to be at a top and a bottom. Yep. It's decided what we are. <laughs> Balls. So I noticed that you do this weird thing. Um, and by weird thing, I mean you go, fun fact. All in the a time. Mid- in the middle of conversation, you go, fun fact. And then just, like, tell us a fun fact. Vaguely relating to what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So I thought... We're both in radio, <laughs> and radio have features, right? You're not wrong, great mate. So I thought we'd do a Connor's fun fact. Are okay. We, are we ready? I'm ready. Okay. Have you have you got one for this week? I do actually have one for this week. Uh, Already oh, prepared. Great yeah. news. It's like we planned this. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I like it. I used to do art to this. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> I did. What um, a smart idea, that. Oh, I like that. Might morph into my... Uh, Football kit right now. Never mind. Um, My fun fact this week. So, well done to Macclesfield Town. The other night they played Blackpool in the Checker Trade Trophy. Uh, The match finished 3 3. Thrilling game at Moss Rose. Okay. So, um, in the Checker Trade Trophy, if it's a draw, it goes to a penalty shootout. I love penalty shootouts. You actually do. Every time we play FIFA, if it's a draw, we're having a penalty shootout. All right, Who cares yeah. about extra time? Just penalties. Penalties, yeah. Um, and Macclesfield won 5-3 on penalties. So awesome. Well, well done, Macclesfield. There's a lot of congratulations today. I'm just feeling generous. <laughs> okay. I, I, congratulations for you, because, you know, we'll be able to get this podcast out <laughs> eventually. Uh, yeah, so it might just seem like a penalty shootout to you, but Macclesfield Town... They have never, ever lost a penalty shootout in their 144-year history. Wow. What? Yeah. That's incredible. They're older than the Football League. They actually are. And to never lose a penalty shootout in all that time. That's epic. To be fair, they've only had nine. (laughs) (laughs) 144 years and we haven't lost a penalty shootout. I mean, we only had nine, but... yeah. yeah. I mean, three of those were this season as well, so... (laughs) (laughs) Balls! That's it for this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's at Balls the Podcast. And our website... Do you want to do the website? Yeah, I'll do it. It's http colon slash slash www.ballsthepodcast. Is it all one word? Yeah? dot co.uk forward slash index slash slash... Com. No, it's not. Is it not that? Balls the podcast.co.uk is the place to go for our website. Thank you. Bye bye.